Along a narrow street in the Paris neighborhood where I live sits a little storefront with a simple sign stenciled on the window: "Des Forges Piano, outillage fourniture." On a small red felt-covered shelf in the window are displayed the tools and instruments of piano repair: tightening wrenches, tuning pins, piano wire, several swatches of felt, and various small pieces of hardware from the innards of a piano. Behind the shelf, the interior of the shop is hidden by a curtain of heavy white gauze. The entire facade has a sleepy nineteenth-century charm about it. The window frame and the narrow door painted a dark green. Not so many years ago, when our children were in kindergarten, this shop lay along their route to school, and I passed it on foot several times on the days when it was my turn to take them to school and pick them up. On their way to classes in the morning, there was never time to stop. The way back was another matter. After exchanging a few words with other parents, I would often take an extra ten minutes to retrace my steps, savoring the sense of promise and early morning calm that at this hour envelops Paris. The quiet street was still out of the way and narrow enough to be paved with the cobblestones that, on larger avenues in the city, have been covered with asphalt. In the early morning, a fresh stream of water invariably ran high in the gutters. The daily tide set forth by the street sweepers, who, rain or shine, opened special valves set into the curb, and then channeled the flow of jetsam with rolled-up scraps of carpet as they swished it along with green plastic brooms. The smell from La Boulangerie de Coin, the local bakery, always greeted me as I turned the corner. The essence of freshly baked bread never failing to fill me with desire and expectation. I would buy a baguette for lunch, and if I could spare ten minutes before getting to work, treat myself to a second cup of coffee at the cafe across the street from the piano shop. In these moments, stopping in front of the strange little storefront, I would consider the assortment of objects haphazardly displayed there. Something seemed out of place about this specialty store in our quiet quartier, far from the conservatories or concert halls, and their related music stores that sprinkle a select few neighborhoods. Was it possible that an entire business was maintained selling piano parts and repair tools? Often a small truck was pulled up at the curb with pianos being loaded or unloaded and trundled into the shop on a handcart. Did pianos need to be brought to the shop to be repaired? Elsewhere, I had always known repairs to be done on site. The bother and expense of moving pianos was prohibitive, to say nothing of the problem of storing them. Once I saw it as a riddle, it filled the few minutes left to me on those quiet mornings when I would walk past the shop, alone and wondering. After all. This was but one more highly specialized store in a city known for its specialties and refinements. Surely there were enough pianos in Paris to sustain a trade in their parts. But still, my doubt edged into curiosity. I saw myself opening the door to the shop and finding something new and unexpected each time, like a band of smugglers or an eccentric music school. And then I decided to find out for myself. I had avoided going into the shop for many weeks for the simple reason that I did not have a piano. What pretext could I have in a piano furnisher's when I didn't even own the instrument they repaired? 
Should I tell them of my lifelong love of pianos, of how I hoped to play again after many vagabond years, when owning a piano was as impractical as keeping a large dog or a collection of orchids? That's where I saw my opening. More settled now, I had been toying with the idea of buying a piano. What better source for suggestions as to where I might find a good used instrument than this dusty little neighborhood parts store? It was at least a plausible reason for knocking. And so I found myself in front of Desforges one sunny morning in late April after dropping off the children down the street. I knocked and waited. Finally, I tried the old wooden handle and found that the latch was not secured. As I pushed the door inward, it shook a small bell secure to the top of the jam. A delicate chime rang out unevenly, breaking the silence, as I swung the door closed behind me.